terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. Today is Wednesday, August 17th, 2016, episode 186 of the Hotbox. My name's Matt Lee, hotboxpodcast.com. Check it out. Uh, today we got a great interview with David Onwan from Dab.Land. Uh, he's the guy, if you know, I interviewed him a little bit at the Olympia Hemp Fest. Uh, he had the Dabberry Pie, so it's basically a, an email, but instead of run by, you know, these cheap components, he's got a dabberry pie, or excuse me, a raspberry pie uh, in there, kind of doing all of the controlling. So uh, yeah, should be a great interview. We'll get him on the phone here and uh, say hi. Big fat hi. doobies. Matt Lee. David, man, how's it going? What's going on, man? You know, you just interrupted me catching on a jiggy, a jigglypuff. Oh, shit. Out in the middle of the street, bro. Like I had an incense burning and shit. And What level was it? <laughs> It was like a CP 400 or something, dude. What? I'm only like a level 16, what? so, you know. I didn't even know they made them that big. I'm just joking. I I don't, I, I'm not much of a, I was just fucking. I don't up. even think Jigglypuff is a real Pokemon, but I'm not sure, so. I just want to I can it. confirm that. I do is know it? enough about Pokemon that Jigglypuff <laughs> is actually, I pulled that one right out of my Pokedex, in my, <laughs> my brain. My Polodex? <laughs> oh, Pokedex. Pokedex. That's Pokedex. where you store all the Pokemon. Come on, Matt. This is 2016. Damn, I'm old. Uh, if you were talking like Pogs, I would I would still not know what you're talking about, but <laughs> that's getting a little closer. What's up, Matt? It's good to have you on the phone. Fuck yeah. Just trying to get some levels recorded and set up here. It's damn technology. It wants to change. Trust, like, bro, I, you, you're at where, where I've been the last few years. I know all of the problems that you're facing. You don't have to apologize to me for anything. Tell me to keep talking as loud as I can until you get the loudest possible thing, and then I'll whisper for the rest of the conversation so you're trying to catch up to the levels. I love it when people do that. It's like you have it so perfect, and then they completely (laughs) do something different. It's like, can you talk how you were when when this sounded good? Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Can we we have some consistency, people? Consistency. Consistency. Come on. Oh, man. (laughs) You know, I, yeah, no, I know the I know the struggles, man. Podcasting is a a uh, it's a frivolous effort, and it's often <laughs> thankless. And um, but for some reason, it's so much fun, right? It's a weird thing. It's like yeah. I hate this so bad, but I have to do it because it's it's so fun. Well, then you know you get to talk to cool people. I was I was looking back, I was scrolling through some of the old interviews you've done. You've talked to some great people. Um, I was, I checked out the jam hole a little bit too, and you guys oh, went, well, you guys have gone off long over, what, 300 episodes now? <laughs> yeah, that one's out of control. That? We stopped that one when we had a, the, the baby as, I don't know how deep into that show you got, but it gets pretty dark. Uh, so yeah, we, we thought we'd kind of put that on hold till the baby's like 18 or something. And then, then we could bring, it, bring it back. <laughs> sure, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that was all your peeps in Montana, too, right? Yeah, yeah. That was just me, like, delivering water and then talking shit about shit that I saw and trying to get interesting people from the valley that I thought was interesting, like, to come tell their story and talk shit. And it was it was interesting. Yeah. I dig it. All right. Cool. This is good. So let's, uh, let's just start it off. This is Hotbox. This is going to be a nice little interview. We got David on one. I love the on one. That's dabs on one. On one dabs. I mean... We're Thanks, always sir. on Appreciate one. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's a, it was a name given to me by a friend, uh, and the story goes pretty much exactly how you would expect it. I was just always really, on one. <laughs> really fucked up at a party one night. I'd actually, much like yourself, Matt, I started uh, podcasting because I was a music producer and a rapper, and I had written my first rap that day. And I didn't have a handle. I was just David. And uh, we went out to a party. And we were bumping the rap. And everybody was enjoying it. And then we decided to go get something to eat. And I was bending corners in my (laughs) Kia with the tens in the back. And like sliding around shit. And everybody's having a good time. And I come sliding sideways into a Wendy's parking lot just to get a cheeseburger. 
And my buddy leans forward and he goes, you are on one. <laughs> the rest of the night, the whole party called me on one. And then that's awesome. The next day and the next week. And then just kind of stuck after that. I like that. I can definitely appreciate like how hard it is naming things, let alone like a podcast or like a thing you're doing. But then to like name yourself as something that embodies like what you're trying to do as far as being a rapper, like it's hard. You just on one, man. That's that's brilliant. I just need to get someone else to name me. You you like schluff that off to somebody else. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, well, like I said, it just kind of came about naturally. Um I, I'll have to come up with a name for you. I don't know if I can do it here live on air. Right? Oh no, no, but, you. That's something that we're gonna have to go bend some corners and and probably you know go jump some some snowmobiles or something. I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to hang out a little more before <laughs> a name can be bestowed. Bro, you haven't lived until you've jumped a snowmobile while taking a dab. Ooh, I haven't lived then. I've jumped a snowmobile and I've taken a dab, but I have yet to to do both. Okay, well, we're going to work on that for you, Matt, Ooh. because I think that's why we're on the phone today. Ooh. I've been installing emails and all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, so let me uh, just, I'm the rudest host ever. This guy, I met him at the uh, Olympia Hemp Fest. I've seen him around here and there, like in the dab world uh, over in Washington, sometimes in Oregon. And uh, there was this tent there, and it was it was right next to a Microsoft tent, which I thought was awesome. We had to go <laughs> check out what Microsoft was at the, the Hemp Fest doing. Uh, something about like collecting people's faces or something, trying to catch them all. I I don't know, but this kid here, he had like this. They were they were trying to catch some jigglypuffs, I think. Yeah, they were trying to scan all your faces and feed it to Microsoft's computer. <laughs> but this guy had like a an amazing looking setup with a booth and the toolbox and a screen, and it was just like technology. And I I was kind of gravitated towards that and. Uh, you can hear the interview. You can see the the write up. It'll be out in the next uh, issue of the Cannabis Journal. As far as what David and the Dabberry Pie is, but tell us like you were doing stuff before that, obviously, and a little of this is in the article. But not everyone that listens to Hotbox reads the journal. So let's uh, just kind of go from there, and that'd be a good basis to start. Sure. Uh, a little background about me. Uh... Some of your listeners might know me from a show that I did for three years with Grandma Cat called Greenstream. Uh, we hosted that show for well over 150 episodes. Um, and it was a, a cannabis activism show that we started literally the day on November 6, 2011, or 12, I'm sorry, 2012, when 502 got voted in officially when the votes were counted and they said okay 502 passed here in washington state i called grandma cat and i i had already been doing about a dozen podcasts a week for a station called nwcz radio here in washington and i wanted to start a new podcast around cannabis i felt it was time it was time to just start talking about it like it was normal and so i called actually I, at first i called her son kevin who was a, a friend of mine and he runs or ran the dispensary on six and Proctor called uh, Tacoma holistic collective. Mm. And I asked him to be my co-host and he was just too busy and he couldn't do it. But he said, you know, who might want to do it is my mom. And uh, anybody who doesn't know grandma cat, she is a bane in the cannabis industry here, especially for FICO or RSO because she makes some of the best medicinal quality RSO available in in any state in my opinion i've i've traveled all over the the nation with dab stars and haven't found anybody who can make rso quite the way that this woman does and uh because she was all about the patients because she was such a great activist i asked her to, to do the show with me and on december 6th the day that the law officially took effect we launched our first episode and uh, from then on, we had Greenstream for a while, and, and we interviewed quite a few people. I think our very first guest was uh, one of the famous attorneys here in the area. His name's Jay Bernerberg. Um, there's, I mean, there's a few. I don't mean to put down anybody else. I mean Aaron Pelly, um, and and everybody else who does such such a good job defending our rights. Uh, but Jay Bernerberg came on our podcast on the first episode and accurately predicted 
Senate Bill 5052, almost down to a T. Wow. <laughs> if you if if you can find the, the first episode of Greenstream, you can literally hear Jay Bernerberg spell out what happened July 1st of 2016 when medical got rolled into 502 and the state took all of our rights away. It's it's it was really it was like a Nostradamus moment. It was kind of crazy. And you um, probably and, like having a little separation from that because of how long it's been since that first episode. Did you did it click as soon as this all started happening? Like or were you like I, I don't know how did, did it, that click? We we'd always expected it. We, oh, OK, we, so we, you guys we, knew we'd this. agreed generally with Jay and we knew what this meant. And we knew that that's why we were starting the podcast that that. The the beginning of rec cannabis was the end of medical here in the state. Right, we, okay. we just intuitively knew it, and that's why we started doing it. Um, and it was very it was it was sad and unfortunate that it that we had to watch it unfold the way that it did. Right. Uh, there and, was a lot of I'm doing these interviews uh, at these conferences and stuff. That's kind of something I I tend to bring up and and ask how that transition was or how how that affected them. And a lot of people get like. They go from being all <clears throat> all about wanting to explain what their their goods and their businesses to like activist mode, and they get all sad, and then they get passionate about it. Like it's a really weird thing. And coming from Montana, there was never any split like that for me. So it was always just medical there, and then oh, some raids happened, and then oh yeah, they're trying to get rid of medical there. So there wasn't ever like two competing sides trying to you know, roll each other into, into oneself, I guess. But it's really interesting to see that here. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, and a lot of us, uh, uh, well, maybe I can continue answering your question and roll into this story at the same time. Um, I, I've also done some work with dab stars. Uh, you may be familiar with the name. I did the first seven episodes of the, the episode or the, the podcast for them, the dab star lounge podcast. Uh, interviews with Tommy Chong and Boston George and Do or Die, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but, and I got to travel to a lot of places. They took me to Hawaii. They took me to Alaska, California, Oregon multiple times, Michigan. I mean, we we went around everywhere. They're all over the place for sure. And we wanted to we, – we got to check out a lot of what was going on. And what you just described is the product of – our legacy players, one, our legacy players being pushed out of the game uh, just by money, just by right. greedy people with lots of money. And and these people, these legacy players that I'm speaking about, I'm, I'm talking about the, the medical providers, the people who have been giving patients medicine and helping them treat, if not cure, their their problems. Now I'm not, I, I, I've never advocated for cannabis as a cancer cure, but when it comes to restoring quality of life in your final days, cannabis is absolutely the answer for oh, that. Oh, for sure. And that's cure is such a strong word and people always kind of get uncomfortable because do you ever really cure anything? And it's like, you got to define your terms. And it's like, well, sure. And I'm not better? a doctor. Okay. And, and you feel better than, are, but, then that's it. But here's the, th here's the thing though, Matt, I've been working with Patient Cannabis Exchange in Tacoma, the market there in Tacoma, for a long time. And the the people, it's Patient Cannabis Exchange. The only people allowed in the building are patients. Right. And so all I see on a weekly basis are sick people, dying people, people who are afraid that they might not see me next week. I there's There are people who drive three hours with with incredible intense pain just to pick up their medicine. Yeah. You know, and, and the things that actually relieve them. And these people who have been on pharmaceuticals for dozens of years that have been addicted to opiates and have to go through therapy and counseling and have lost years of their lives drooling on themselves because they were on, they, the doctors were shoving pills. They were on and, one, but and, not a good and, one. And lo and behold, all they really needed was, a high concentration of cannabinoids and 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 a good terpene profile yep. to to at least at least dull the pains and 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 help them get through the day and when you're talking in medical terms like that even even 
as a non-MD, it's still profound because you're watching these people heal themselves with a plant that was grown from the ground and is still illegal to this day. I mean, the federal government just came out and said that they're not going to reschedule cannabis yeah and that i think i feel like and i don't want to switch subjects too quick but i feel like that's probably a good thing as far as having it scheduled too and all that but i i didn't we were all kind of under the impression that that was never going to happen it was some rumor that started and the more you looked into it the less there was any material to it so yeah that's and that's that's better that that it that it happened that way but the experience you have like if if everyone could kind of experience that and see that look these are people that are legitimately they need this and look how much their life has improved in the 10 minutes that they sat down and smoked this joint or this bong load or whatever they're doing. Like, how can you say no to that? It's, it's crazy. Especially in the face of the economic challenges that we're facing today as a society, you know what I mean? Um, and it kind of goes back to my other point of the, the sadness of seeing our, um, our legacy, growers and processors the people who were in it since 1998 when they first developed 69.51a and got all of the medical rules on the books the people who got in at the beginning and started helping these people and treating these people and actually doing the medical research even though it wasn't allowed the that's why i like to refer to them as legacy players because these guys were doing it before it was okay to do it and they know more than these people that are coming in today with all this money. I'm not going to say any names, but I know 502 companies with owners who don't even smoke. Oh, yeah. I I know 502 companies in Washington State with owners who don't live in this country and don't give a shit about our politics. Yep. It's all dollar signs. They see the dollar signs. shit about the patients. And that's sad. Yeah. All they want is the bottom line. Yep. And... I understand in a capitalist society that's we've got to be concerned about our money. But does it have to be with and this? So on and so forth. I'm becoming a businessman myself. But at the same time, there has to be a level of compassion added for the people who need it. Most definitely. And there's so many other industries that you can go be capitalist pig on. Like, why does it have to be this one? You know, go go make an app well, or because something. Because there's also so many recreational users who aren't using it to heal their illnesses. And that's, right, why, right. And that's why I made that exclusion in, in my last statement. Because I get it. There's room for a lot of money to be made here. And there's, there's, there's room... For it to be made out of a lot of people, rightfully, there's a lot of people. There's that room be for both, though. For their aid, honestly, um, you don't have but to. The, but then there's, but then there's the people who have been receiving free medicine from the growers and from the processors, or at least a highly reduced cost from them. Right. And those avenues have been cut the fuck off by our government, just cut off because they want the money, and. It's like it's as if uh, you had been receiving chemotherapy for free. Maybe not. Uh, again, it's not a cancer cure. I can't say all that. But if you were receiving a treatment for free from your doctor, and the state just said, uh, "No, we'd rather you pay for that." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just kind uh, of the it's the same thing, and to me, it's a it's a moral it's a moral dilemma that I feel like the state should be having, but they're clearly not right and there is i mean the market can handle both like we've always said that on the show that you can have a medical market that is autonomous from or even supported by a recreational market like the people that can't afford their medicine you could take some of that money from the rec market and put it into a fund to help them do that like there's so much there to go around if you can get these greedy players out of it, you know, or or to be, or if you less can get greedy. the LCB to even set up the fucking program right. that they promised to set up in time, by the day that they told us that they would have it set up, we were supposed to have medical access through the rec shops. But they, what did they say the week before July first? Oops, sorry, we're not ready yet. Yeah, your medicine's not going to be available for a bit. And now we're starting to see the rec shops be able to fill out this paperwork to then have like these tax exemptions for their card carrying patients. Is that what you were referring to? 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And, it's and, still and, not and set up completely. That extra rigmarole. Right. And it's still not set up. Like it's it's some shops are doing it. Not everyone's doing it. And I don't know who's who to point the finger at there. If it's the LCB dropping the ball, or if it's oh. the shops just being slow to get around to it, or I mean, who knows? The, but the the point is mute is, right, is because right. this has been going on since 1998. The processes and procedures have already been written and in place for 18 years now. There's no, like you said earlier, there's no reason we can't adopt the same processes that we've already been using. This is, it's, it's silly to me why the state isn't looking to our medical sector to set up the recreational side of things. Do they just, there's there's nobody better qualified in my mind than who I'm, who I'm referring to as our legacy players. Well, yeah, and they've been doing it since the beginning, like you said. So is, is it just, like, why has it not? Is it just the LCB is dragging money. their feet, or they want all of that rec money? It's as long just as- money. It's money. It's money. It's money. Look how much money they made the first month in July with with, with medical gone. Uh, I don't even, I don't remember the numbers, so I don't want to misquote Well, we it, can it direct people. Millions of dollars extra that they made in just one month because they rolled uh uh 69.51a and a 5052 basically yeah and you can go to i502data.com if you're listening to this right now and you're curious about those yep. numbers and you can see all of those numbers right there by county tax revenue all of that so oh, oh yeah they and they, if there's one thing that the lcb is doing right is they're actually tracking their numbers accurately so uh i'd i'd urge anybody to monitor those numbers because i mean these are these are important things in our in our state they really are i mean these are tax dollars that they're collecting and and we got to watch what they do with that right that's the other thing right you gotta that's that's the other that's the other shoe is like now that the state is collecting all this money what are they going to do with it are they going to do what they promised to do with it exactly so this is what they promised to do with it really what they should be doing with it but that's I think that's a whole other podcast. I know you could do an episode on each one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've kind of glossed over quite a few different important subjects. <laughs> that's all right, though. People that know us know that's how we roll. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm I'm I want to kind of get back into like your your technology. That's kind of what brought me towards your your booth and everything. I'm a tech nerd myself, so I saw that and uh I was just like kind of blown away by it that like I everyone's had great ideas, but some people are just idea people. You actually like put the idea into a toolbox and now you can take dabs <laughs> from your idea, which I think is awesome. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, let's let's dive into that because it's something that's uh, very exciting, very fun, and has really captured my attention. In fact, I've I, I've even stopped working with Dabstars so much just because I've invested so much time into developing this idea. Um, what I've come up with, and I let me preface this by saying, Matt, you're getting something a little exclusive right now because. Besides Olympia Hempfest, this is kind of the first public announcement about the project. I mean, it was a, it was kind of a soft launch at Olympia Hempfest, but I haven't really told anybody online. This hasn't I haven't made any posts or anything about this, so um, this is this is kind of the first online media that that's going to be going out about it. But uh, I've come up with the idea of the Dab Berry Pie, and what it is, uh, if anybody's familiar with the company that I've been working with for the last year uh, called Dabland, um, Dabland is a is a email wholesale distributor, and they also uh, we take the emails apart and we custom fabricate them into cool boxes. Uh, I started working with him because I'm a tech nerd. I, I I saw that he was rewiring things in the boxes, and we were using it to dab with, and that just I mean, cannabis and technology count me in. So <laughs> I started working with him. I, I picked up the process. I started started helping him fab the boxes. I started helping him sell the boxes. And then one day I was tinkering around with a Raspberry Pi, which for the listeners who don't know is a small credit card sized computer that you can buy for about 35 bucks that runs on a mobile cell phone technology basically but allows you to do things that a computer would do using the linux operating system and i 
realized that I could control things with this computer because they provided these general purpose in and out pins on the board so that I can communicate with other technology. And I brainstormed for a little bit and I thought of a way that I could control the email or at least the the solid state relay with inside of the email using uh, the, the Raspberry Pi. So I brought the idea to Chris, my partner in Dabland. He thought it was amazing and he challenged me to do it <laughs> and, and ordered me a pie. And he had, it. he had, he just ordered me a raspberry pie with a little, he even bought me like the kit with the, the, uh, a breadboard and a bunch of jumpers and some other extra superfluous sensors and modules and resistors <laughs> that, that I may or may not ever use. That's awesome. And I just, it, it took me about a week of, of, you know, a couple hours a night over the course of a week, just sitting down. Um, I've, I've been really into website development in the past and, and database development. Uh, but this was my first experience with Python, the programming language. And so I, I had to brush up on that a little bit. There's a special module built specifically for uh, the, the Raspberry Pi uh, general purpose pins that I was using to communicate with the email. And I, one day it started working. I just, I got it to work. And so uh, what we have is a line of toolboxes that we install these emails in. So I, I brought it back to Chris and I said, Hey, Chris, look, challenge accepted and completed. <laughs> and he said, Holy, sh Holy shit. Uh, what else can we do with it? And so we started brainstorming some more and we, we had, we came up with some more ideas and the next thing we decided to do was order a seven-inch touchscreen for it uh, that the the Pi just literally mounts into the back of this touchscreen, and then I can connect all of my email jumpers to it and then run all of that inside of the box, mount the email inside the box. And that's what you saw as what, what I was calling the first prototype at Olympia Hempfest. Um since Olympia Hempfest now, th and this is all this is all cool because you know now I've got this Python script that can run the email that can that can turn it on and off. I, I've attached it to a web interface so that I can do it all remotely. So now I'm able to access my email from anywhere I am in the world. And uh, the the next step is actually uh, improving the the design and the the features that I can do. Uh, what we're going to do next is we're going to start logging information from the email so you'll know how much uh, wattage you use throughout the day, the week, the month. You'll be able to determine uh, your, uh, your temperatures for your dabs. There will be a database log so that when you take a dab, you can take a snapshot of the dab, which, which will <laughs> yeah. give, you a, give you a time and date marker and a temperature setting, and you'll be able to write in notes about what strain did you hit? How did that temperature affect it? Was it positive or negative or neutral? Um, did it improve the flavor? Um, so you can do your own like homebrew testing with terpene profiles or cannabinoid profiles, vaporization, um, uh, temperatures, and so on and so forth. Because there's uh, so many other geeks and, <laughs> and heady kids out there that might not want to build this project, but would be very interested in knowing how their medicine or just their recreational use of the cannabis is affecting them over a course of 20 different strains and you know 50 different degrees of temperature for example um and so the next the the next design that we're working on is actually a flush face um standalone unit that's not even going to be a box it's going to be a um it's just going to be kind of like a um like an acrylic uh, uh, placard, almost. I don't. I don't know how to how to describe it. It's just kind of bent in about a seventy five degree angle. We're gonna flush fat, flush mount the touchscreen to it with the Raspberry Pi in it. We're gonna add some speakers. We're gonna add some sensors. Um, there's actually a pyroelectric infrared motion sensor that I ordered <laughs> that. I plan to nice. attach to it and write a script that will allow the, the Dabberry Pi to know when you are in the room. So that as soon as you come in the room, it just turns on and heats up for you, no matter what. 
and then it greets you through its speakers. I, Hello, you, David. I hadn't thought about that yet. I'm Would you like to be yes, on I'm one? I'm going to greet you through the speakers. And it's greet me. Hello, Matt. I want it hooked up. Ready now. All right. I want it hooked up to my lights. So as I enter the room, the lights come up and it greets me with whatever. <laughs> oh, no. Don't tempt me, Matt, because there are the Philips Hue lights. I know. Could attach I have like two. eight that's, of that's them. A in a... And that's the beauty about this project. Now, let me one more thing that I haven't touched on yet is that one of the one of my favorite parts about this project is that it is going to be completely open source. There is going to be a GitHub repository with all of my source code available completely for free so that if you choose to, you can buy your own Raspberry Pi, buy your own box to mount it in, buy your own LCD screen, and download my source code, install it yourself, modify it to your needs, and run it yourself. And so it's it, and it's it's people like you and people and other developers out there who are really going to make this project what it's going to what it's going to become because I I have big visions for this project but I'm not going to be able to do it alone. Um I'm, when there's that whole like all of us have fresh eyes, right? You've been staring at this for how long now? And you're probably getting pretty burned out on it, I would imagine. Well, I mean, between here's the, the thing though is I've I've started two brand new LLCs in the last month, and I've <laughs> right. also been working very closely with Davland and um, trying to take that over because Chris, my business partner there, he's moving to Costa Rica. Him and his wife are, yeah. are leaving the country, so um, I've been gearing up to take over uh, that business. I've been starting. I've got Dadberry Pie LLC, and I've got uh, my own development LLC that I've been uh, starting. So I've been able to. I've been able to rotate every day. I've had at least three projects every day to keep myself busy with that I'm not becoming burnt out on the Dadberry Pie. However, teamwork does make the dream work. <laughs> and while I might be an aspiring full stack developer myself, I'm not quite there yet. And I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some help with the 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 database hooks. I'm going to need some help with some of the front end. I'm going to need some help with graphic design because I I suck at making graphics to be honest with you. <laughs> and so, uh, as part of my development team, I've actually hired on a graphic designer. I have an assistant. I have a uh, another developer underneath me. But I'm looking for another developer uh, to be above me. Another another actual true to life full stack developer that can help us make some better decisions in in uh, which way we go strategically with the software. Um, I might have the person for you actually. Uh, we'll, we'll chat after just remind me. <laughs> like, sure, don't, no, don't let no, me forget. And that's, and that's wonderful. And that's, uh, and that's the beauty of open source. And that's why we decided to make the whole project open source. Cause we, uh, we realized that this idea in this project is so much bigger than us. It's so much bigger than any, intellectual property that we could possibly try to pursue if there's even anything here that hasn't already been hashed out a hundred times already. Right. It's because honestly, an email is just a glorified soldering iron. Yeah. It, yep. it, there's really not much to it. The, uh, the proportion proportional, uh, integral, uh, <laughs> nothing's it's all been around for years. There's nothing that's that, that's, that's new. It's just a new way of using it, really. And so uh, when we decided to go open source, it really made me happy because I I can't wait to see. I followed Linus Torvalds growing up. I was a bit I was a Linux user from early on. Um, Linus Torvalds was was the man who uh, invented the kernel and and began the development on it. Um, you also might know of- him as the man that gave Nvidia the middle finger uh, more recently. I guess not recent, but a few years ago. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, and he, I mean, he's been getting everybody in the middle yeah. finger because <laughs> he's he, even he gave Steve Jobs. Yeah, <laughs> he, he moved from Helsinki to Silicon Valley, and Steve Jobs invited him in to offer him a development job <laughs> to do to do basically nothing for millions of dollars, and he fucking turned him down yep. because his because of his business his business ethics. They didn't. Linus is so is so focused on the development that the money does not concern him one bit. 
the money does not factor into his decisions when he works every day. It's how does it affect my code? How does it affect the end user? How does it affect the way that this project is going to be interpreted and operated? And those are the things that really matter. Matt, one thing that that not a lot of people know about me is that back in 2011, uh, myself, uh, another rapper that I was rapping with at the time, uh, he went by Mackie. His name's uh, uh, Jason now. And uh, and his, his, at the time, pregnant girlfriend, Melissa. The three of us drove out to Zuccotti Park in New York and stayed for five days from day 36 to 41 of Occupy Wall Street. And during that time, we slept in Zuccotti Park. And because we were from out of state and we kind of showed up without any warning, they put us in the side of the park. They had the park was kind of divided in two separate sides. There was the side where like the media tent was and the food and the the care shelter and and, uh, where they held the group meetings and all that stuff. And then the other side of the park is where everybody kind of slept, where all the train, where they put all the transients, all the all the. The drug addicts that were just coming to look for free food. The jails were actually, when they would release people, they would say, hey, you can get free food and shelter at Zuccotti Park. You should go there. And nobody, like most of the people that showed up that we were staying with weren't there for the protests. They were there because they were hungry the free and food. Had nowhere else to go. Right, and, right. Or they were addicted to drugs and wanted to start some trouble. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... The story that I'm I want to tell uh, because of this is that uh, one evening uh, there was a there was a lot of commotion right outside my tent and a couple of bankers from nearby had come into the park about three a.m. drunk as shit just cu- just came out of the bar just probably made half a million dollars that day and went out celebrating and came into the park and re- was giving everybody shit and there was some there was some People who uh, may not have necessarily been there for the for the movement, but but just for the uh, for the experience of it all, who were sitting outside my tent on a on a park bench, and he came. This this drunk banker was hassling them about, you know, uh, he was asking them like, "Why are you even here? What is this all about?" And he was trying to drill them for questions like, "Why do you? Why are you here? Why?" What is this even all about? You don't even know why you're here. You don't even know what this is. You don't even know what Occupy Wall Street is. You don't even know what you're trying to do. Wow. And so I I heard all of this and I came out of my tent and I walked up to him and I explained to him why why I was there. And then I asked him a question point blank. Um, And actually, you know what? Um, I I came out of my tent. I explained to him why I was there. I woke up uh, Jason and he came out. And Jason actually asked him point blank first, uh, when you make a decision during the day at your job, do you think about the bottom line or do you think about the people it's going to affect? And the guy, he didn't, he, he kind of laughed and danced around the answer, but wouldn't, wouldn't answer. And Jason kept pressing him for an answer until he walked away. And when he walked away, I took it upon myself to follow him and keep asking. But <laughs> this uh, is important. Tell us. <laughs> well, I wanted to rub it in his face because right. I, he just woke me up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Trying to ask us about why we were here, and I <clears throat> gladly told told him why I was there, why I drove forty five hours to get there to, <laughs> yep. to sleep in the streets with a bunch of drug addicts. I told him why I was pissed off at the one percent. And then when Jason came out and presented his argument, I was like, man, that's, that is, that is the problem. Yep. The problem. And, and with, with, with capitalism as a whole is that the bottom line comes before the people and that should never be the case. Now I don't want to sound too much like a communist or anything, but I, I, I fully believe that we does that, that people deserve to be treated fairly, fairly, no matter what their input is, because there's there's a lot of sick people, and, and maybe there's there's a lot of lazy people, and people will make the argument that you know if if you know we we just give these freeloaders whatever they want. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that everybody deserves a mansion and a Ferrari, but but you know some basic basics, needs, right? Some, some shelter, uh, a little bit of food, and some health care, and some basic education. 
Let me ask you that that seems almost like a generational thing. Like you're you're probably around my age and like our generation and our younger brothers and and sisters like we all think that. But when you say stuff like that to older generations, that is the first thing that comes out of their mouths. It's communism. And I don't understand quite where that's from, but I I do get like the the whole Russia Cold War thing and like they were told that communism was this terrible, awful thing and going to destroy the world. So I guess maybe that's where some of that's left over from. But at the end of the day, if you just remove the C word, <laughs> the communism <Right>. word, <laughs> it's just like, hey, let's just take care of each other. And that's, it, well, that's, that's all that's it the is. Thing is. Like America is the largest democracy in the world, and yet we are the only democracy in the world who hasn't figured out how to give <laughs> health care to Every one of our people. Now, we have Obamacare, which mandates with a penalty that you have to have health care, but you still have to find a way to pay for it or be eligible for it otherwise, or you get fined for not having it. Every other major democracy in the world, you look at Britain and Japan and Germany, you go to any of these other major, they've all got health care. You can go there and you get you get and the thing is is like here in America we have doctors getting sued for malpractice on a daily basis and because of that they have to carry malpractice insurance which costs them hundreds yep. of thousands of dollars a year for lawyers to handle these lawsuits and this and that and the other thing the other countries don't have that the other countries don't have the expenses that we do in the medical industry. They're not constantly getting sued because they focus on health maintenance and not health care. Right. Because they understand the importance of stopping the illness before it starts and instead of treating it after it's begun, instead of waiting until you're sick. It's, it's preventing the diseases that's important and not treating what you've already got. And on top of that, there, for example, if you go to Japan, what, what, an x-ray here might cost you, you know, $150. And in Japan, it costs them $7 just because the government has to pay for it. And so the government is going to find the best way and, and, and a, the most economical way to afford to be able to provide all this stuff. But because that burden is laid on us, the American taxpayers and healthcare provide and healthcare provider payers, they they charge us whatever they want for an x-ray. Yeah, it's their business. Oh, think you want an x-ray? Ah, oh, well, how about, uh, let's say, 200 bucks. Exactly, yeah, and, okay. and that applies across the board. Everything from, from the prescriptions they prescribe to all of the, uh, from, you know, physical therapy, everything. It, across the board, it just raises the price immensely. And if we can just figure out that we are all one people, that we are all one organism acting for the same purpose, even though we might disagree on minutia sometimes, <laughs> that we could actually achieve a lot more if our basic needs were covered. There are so many, there's so many, I know, I personally know so many smart people uh, who are incredibly intelligent and, and, and just, have so many great ideas in their head, but because they're so focused on trying to live day to day, they can't get anything done. They can't bring any of these brilliant ideas to life, and myself included. I, I've, I've worked with dab stars. I've done interviews with with some of the greatest stars in the cannabis industry. I've traveled around the world. People think I'm rolling the dough, and I'm actually struggling to make rent and pay my bills and and just to get by. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn or too much or anything, but I, I am a pretty smart guy. I've, I've got my wits about me. I've got a lot of knowledge. I don't, I don't watch too much TV because I'm constantly reading books and trying to better myself and, and further my education on my own. There's so many free resources out there. How could I not? There's right? Khan Academy and Codenemy yep. and Coursera and all these, all these university classes online for free for me to watch and study with like how why are we as a people as a race not not just americans not just uh not just, just anything humans. as a as a as a human race 
Why are we not taking advantage we of all got... of these, these resources to educate ourselves so that we can provide the health care, provide the, the, the shelter? Uh, we got fooled. We've been fooled. We're so distracted, man. There's like sports and there's like Oprah's on. And it's like there's oh, this God, shit dude, over here. Have you, do you know about League of Legends? I'm such a huge League of Legends player. If anybody's listening, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing Overwatch. <laughs> Speaking of distractions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Metabol hashtag 1687 on Overwatch too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On PS4? <laughs> and that's why, Matt. We play too many video games. Right? Exactly. You and me are the problem. You we are the, are the problem, problem, but we're also part of the solution. Right now. We're also a little part of the solution, though. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm just being, being But that's silly. cool. A lot of people uh, think that, though, that, like... In the yang, you know, there's... There, and we can, we can argue these points back and forth all day, but at the end of the day, there's really, there's really no right or wrong here. It's just everything is kind of progressing as it is. And to be honest with you, I... I feel blessed and honored to be living in a time where we could actually see cannabis normalized. Oh, absolutely. I don't I don't want to call it legalized just yet, but we've we've got it normalized. And that is more than I've I thought I would see in my lifetime anyway. Ever, and, right? Yeah. Uh the fact that I I can smoke a blunt with my uncle now. <laughs> that's that's beautiful to me. That's um it is. They're different, amazing times, definitely. It is funny, kind of going back to that point. Like, people do think that, like, oh, you do all this stuff, and it's like, oh, you must be rich. It's like, no, all, all of the stuff I do really doesn't pay shit. It's just, like, I like to do it, you know? There's there's something else on the side or a day job that makes money that I can survive on, but, like, the majority of this stuff, rapping and podcasting and media creation, like, it's all just something to do to like get the word out and help further our education and everything. It's not all get rich. I wanted to stuff. thank you for your part in that too, brother, because uh, I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that um, your background is a lot similar to mine. Uh, we both come from music and kind of evolved into podcasting and we're both just kind of tech nerds. Um, and I know, I don't know if you were recording this part earlier when we first got on the phone, but um, I, I just want you to know that I recognize how thankless this job that you're doing can be sometimes. And I recognize how difficult it is. It doesn't seem like a lot to anybody to just hit record and talk for an hour. But there's so <laughs> much more. There's the publishing. There's the post-editing. There's the pre-production. There's so much. There's the nerves. There's, I mean, even if you're talking to a no-name it can be nervous sometimes and it, trying to come up with conversations. If somebody's not much of a talker, trying to lead the conversation is a, a burden and doing, doing what you do on a weekly basis is a, uh, is, is a, is a chore a, and, and a, and a, and a thankless task. And I know you enjoy doing it anyway because of the benefit it provides to other people. And we need more people like you and like me in this world who are willing to do the things that might be a little fun but are very difficult to do because they benefit more than just ourselves. Absolutely. So, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate what you do with the Hotbox Hot podcast and the Cannabis Journal um, and, and just being an advocate. Hell yeah. It takes all of us to get this where it's at and then, you know, to push it further to, to just make it like a normal thing. And I want to say just like booze and all that, but make it so that adults can just go do what they want with it. That's all it is. I like to think of cannabis more like radishes. <laughs> people will compare fucking weed to booze and they'll compare it to tobacco. And I'm like, man, it, it is kills. not like either of those things at all, man. This yep. is asparagus. <laughs> this is fucking tomatoes. This isn't, you're not, we're not. <laughs> that's a good point. We only compare it to those things because that's what we know of that we're allowed as adults to imbibe that changes our our yeah. perception a little bit, but it, it is really nothing like those. It's not going to give you cancer and kill you or make you make bad decisions. Like, you know, getting completely drunk. Does. Oh so no. It may, I made a bad decision last night, bro. I ate like half a pack of fig Newtons. Oh, that is true. One of those big things, of fig Newtons right before bed. And I woke up with such a stomach ache. Like <laughs> cannabis can't say cannabis doesn't lead to bad decisions, but 
relatively compared to cannabis, or uh, I'm sorry, relatively compared to alcohol uh, or tobacco, they're pretty good decisions. Yeah, I'll take a tummy <laughs> ache and, and some potty time over, like, cancer because I, I smoke cigarettes all the time. Yeah, or liver failure, or liver cirrhosis fa- yeah. of the liver because you drank too much and drowned yourself. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. So uh, let's wrap this up. Do you have any, like, and I know programmers and coders and engineers, we hate the ETA. Like, tell us when it's going to be done. Tell us when it's going to be done. But do you have just a a year that or a month that we can, like, look forward to, to being able to see, like, a beta version of this Dabberry Pi? So I, I don't think it'll ever be done. I, uh, Always but... a work in progress. <laughs> Um, just because there's so much that, that I, I want to do with it. Uh, but as far as a, uh, a first release, uh, like a, uh, 0.1 release on GitHub and all of that, I'm hoping to actually have done by the, uh, God, I hate to say it cause it's kind of scary, but I, I want to have it done by the end of September because we are, one of our, our plan is to have a Kickstarter campaign ready. And we want to be able to start taking some pre-orders. And we also want to submit to an incubator that's coming up. It's called the Gateway Incubator. And it's a, uh, for any of you entrepreneurs out there who might be interested in in competing with us, I love competition. Um, There is, the way I understand it is is a group of investors who are offering $30,000 to I believe it's 10 different inventions or, or companies uh, that they believe in, in trade for, I believe, like 6% equity. So it's a very minimal amount of equity in your company uh, for a $30,000 investment in your startup. Um, that happens to be kind of the perfect number of what we're looking at for an investment right now, um, because we want to get some... 3D, uh, we want to get a 3D printer and a laser etcher and stuff so that we can start producing some of the... Uh, the housings and the the mounting materials and stuff in house and having them branded and so on and so forth. Um, and so uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to do the Kickstarter to to drum up some attention and and show that we have people who are interested and, and believe in the project. Uh, that way we can go into the incubator a little bit better prepared and we can find another mentor that might be able to help us um, better further the company from a business standpoint um because again i'm i'm just a tech nerd turned businessman recently (laughs) like i've 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 helped run businesses in the past i've set up crm systems for entire companies um i was an it manager for an hac company for five years in seattle i've um you know i worked with with jonah and miss high times on dab stars for last year um you know, watching them and, and trying to learn from from what the, what they do and how they run their business, um, and I, I feel like I'm ready to uh, to take on this project head on and and try to get it funded and, and do something fun with it. the The main model for Dabland when I started working with Chris and one of the reasons why I love working for Dabland is that his motto is to always have fun. No matter what we're doing, we're having. If we're not having fun, then we might as well go home for the day, because like life that. life's too short to not have fun and and be gracious for what you're doing. Even if what you're doing that day is just ripping holes in boxes and mounting wiring and stuff, you should be listening to music and singing and and right? enjoying enjoying the process of creation. And and that's really what that's what my development company is all about that's what dadberry pie is all about that's what dadland's all about is is having fun through the process of creation um and keeping things economical uh and affordable while maintaining efficiency because um it's like three legs to the stool man you you've you've got to have all three of those things you've got to have the affordability you've got to have the efficiency and you've got to have the fun uh, and, and if you have those three things, then you're going to be sitting mighty comfortably. That's awesome, man. I was so inspired by the dab.land that I went on a search for my own different top level domain. And all I could come up with was hotbox.earth. So that's, uh, 
That's going to be... Dot box isn't available? Hot, no, the dot box wasn't up yet, so... Oh, when it is, though, I thought hot.box would be obvious. The obvious one, but... I bet hotbox.podcast is available. <clears throat> no, I don't think the dot .podcasts were available either yet. Mm. I, I looked, and they're like, you can watch them and wait, and when they become available, then we'll let you know. But, oh, yeah, know some of them are good. not out yet. But, yeah, hotbox.earth for now. We'll we'll see. <laughs> I do yeah, like... We, we lucked out with the, with the dot .land, and I appreciate you checking out that website. Uh, currently, that's actually forwarded to just, like, a My Shopify account. Yep. Um, part of this huge marketing push, everything is going to change by the end of September. And that's when you ask me for a date. I gulped and I, I said by the end of September, but by the end of September, there will be a brand new dab.land. There's going to be a brand. I, I have dabberrypie.com is up and running right now. I just have a, it's in maintenance mode, so you can't see what I'm working on. Nice. <laughs> and um, I also have my development company is called DRH Developments, just my initials. Um and I'm, I'm just using it as a, a DBA so I can do some some consulting work on the side while I'm so, <laughs> while I'm paying my bills so that I can do this fun project for absolutely free. Uh, and it's a it, all three of these all three of these companies are going to have brand new websites. Everything's going to be changed. The whole uh, social media marketing uh, campaign is going to get rolled out. Uh, you're going to see the Kickstarter. You're going to see us promoting the incubator and the GitHub repository will be built and uploaded so that you can start downloading the source code that I've been tinkering with. And not only that, there's all of that, but I also plan crossing my fingers. And this is, this is, this is the one that if, if something gets scratched, this might have to be the one that I, I have to hold back on. Sure. Is... I want to do uh, a live development podcast once a week with the community. Um, even if even if you're not a programmer, you'd be able to tune in, uh, see what I'm working on, provide some input, tell me, hey, David, I think it'd be cool if you could program this. And then I could say, holy shit, you're right. And then <laughs> there might be another developer like in the that. feed who could say, oh, hey, I know how to do that. Here's the code. I wrote that two months ago. Boom. Done. Done and done. That's awesome, man. So um, I'm really I'm, – and I, I would hate to scratch that. It's not that I would scratch it completely. It just that might have to be held off until after the incubator. Well, but, sure. But if um, you need some help with that, I, I know a guy that podcasts, so we could uh... – <laughs> so, so do I. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but um, uh, again, it's it's just it's it's just uh, it's one of those things that I want to do to help include the community in the process of development to help stay connected to the community um, and and keep them involved with with what's going on and 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 to keep myself involved because I like I said I was doing back when I worked with NWCZ Radio I was doing twelve podcasts a week. And publishing 25 hours of airtime every week. And then I went, uh, after I left there, I went down to like four hours a week. And then when I started working with Dab Stars, everything was, was so well done and so finely tuned that it turned out to be like 15 minutes a month. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm rather excited to get back to the live aspect and to really start creating and developing with people live on the air. I want to do a Twitch channel. I wanted to do live YouTube. And, um, because Twitch, I don't know if you guys know about Twitch, the, the gaming easy, we touched on sports and esports earlier. Uh, Twitch is an application that allows you to live stream people playing video games. I know it sounds silly, but it's actually kind of fun. And they have a channel on there that's for all other non game related streams. And it's called the Twitch creative channel. Oh, nice. And I think that'll be perfect for what we're doing. Um, I already have the Twitch account and everything like that. So uh, we'll be doing some Dadberry Pie development on, on Twitch. Hopefully, uh, by the end of September, we'll have uh, the repository available for everybody to follow along if they want to and add to if they want. Um, and it's just, it's, I'm looking forward to having a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to, to really bringing some because the dadberry pie isn't just an email in fact that's almost the last thing that it is it's going to be a complete media center you're going to be able to watch videos it has hdmi out 
and be able to connect it to your TV. We'll have RetroPie dual booted on it so that you can boot into some old retro video games and play it on the embedded LCD screen if you want That's to. That's awesome. <laughs> It'll have speakers, but it also has an aux out in case you have bigger speakers you want to play with. Um, I want to put a PS4 in one. I mean, while we're at it, shit. Matt, I man, Sorry. Uh, I'll put it on the to-do list, man. <laughs> Not promising I can get to this. That's I have an order. Xbox and a Wii U that already needs to go in one, but I'll see if I can get to it. <laughs> hey, you uh, know that's what? That's so and cool, man. Honestly, like, uh, that's the thing with Dabland, too, um, if I might shamelessly promote oh, our please. services real quick. Please do. With, with Dabland, we will install an email. Our base unit emails are $200, and... We will install an email into anything you bring us for the cost of a base unit. So uh, we have other we have other lines of units that we sell for a little bit more money. But if you have a special box like a PS4 or something like that that has room for an email, bring it to us. We love to do custom designs. We love to work with people, and we love to create. and uh, And that's that's one of my personal favorite things to do right now. We're actually working on a a Heineken keg email for somebody, which is kind of. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. So, uh, but yeah, there's that. Um, you know, thanks to you. Thanks to you, Matt. Once again, I appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. Um, you're doing great with the hot box podcast. Uh, and, uh, I listened to, uh, some of LD 50, your album too. And that's, (laughs) you're, you're a good rapper, man. You should keep that up. Not bad. Getting there. I appreciate that though. I, I loved it, man. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go out and buy the album after we're done with the the podcast here, so I can listen to more of it on the go. Hell yeah, my brother made all those beats, so definitely props to the people that make the beats that us rappers just spit our our words over. You can't forget the producers. Can I you? know. Yeah, no, your your brother's a, a really good producer, man. You've got you've got a very conscious mind. You you sound like where I wanted to be as a rapper. I quit rapping because I wasn't good at it. I I was terrible. Please don't go with me. <laughs> now I have to find it. Floating around online. In fact, one day I was I was at because uh, I I lived with uh, Jonah and and Miss High Times for a while from Dabstar as well as working with them. And I came home one day, and they could they could all barely contain their laughter when I came in the door, and they were like. Bro, you have got to come see this video, bro. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen in, the, in my entire life. And we get downstairs, and he had it hooked up to the fucking projector in the office. And it was my music video, and we <laughs> started playing it. I was like, that's, so, that's so embarrassing. I still get embarrassed when people hear it, even though, I mean, it's on, like, Google Play and iTunes and all that shit. It's just still a weird thing. It's like, yeah, I know, that's, that's me. But I recorded that by myself in my room, like, not in front of you guys staring at me. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, but take pride in it, brother, because there's a lot of people out there that are going to love your stuff and, and you know. Don't ever put it down. It might you might be on to the next already, but there are some people that it still means everything to. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. Um, I recently read uh, Mike Doty's biography. He was the lead singer of Soul Coughing, and Soul Coughing was terrible for him. He was <laughs> he was addicted to heroin the whole time, and the whole band treated him like shit. He was the youngest in the group, but he was the the lead writer, and he was writing the melodies and and most of the the music. But they were stiffing him on his royalties and and so he had a really bad experience with the with the band and when he broke off and went solo and started doing his own solo thing he trash talked the band so much that he lost a lot of his following from soul coughing right because people would come up and be like i love soul coughing so much you're so awesome and now i'm here to see you perform and he would treat them with disdain because uh because he was projecting his feelings for the band onto the fans which isn't which we we as the creative people have to remember isn't fair to them that's hard to do too because it is like it's a a special way of kind of removing yourself from the art that you've just spent a year or 6 months or whatever creating exactly. and we we tend to forget that like other people are going to experience this in a completely other reality than what you experienced it, you know, grinding over it night after night after night. So it, it does. It, there's something to be said about that. Just put it out there and, and just see what people think. Absolutely, brother. So, yeah, you know, um, and you know, as well as I know that, that you know, this is 
it's it's tough sometimes but we've got to we've got to kind of put ourselves aside and 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 think about the people that we're actually helping that we're actually benefiting because I know that there's somebody listening to this podcast right now that may be going through the same thing that may be um and it might not even be anything even relevant to what we're even discussing but just the ideas that we've discussed in the last hour or so uh are going to change some lives or or at least directions and uh and it's powerful man and it's 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 a beautiful thing um, no matter the, the, the quality or the headspace or, or what we were doing at the time, I'm happy to be a conduit for more creativity and love in this world because I think that's what we need the most of. Absolutely. David, on one. Thank you so much, man. This has been an awesome conversation. Matt, anytime, brother. You can you got my number. You can call on me anytime. I would love to, to help you in the future. And, and likewise, I'll let you know when... We get ready to do the the Dadberry development podcast, and uh, we'll have you on and have you a, a part of that too, because I know you're a, you're a techie guy, and uh, you know a lot about how to uh, uh, get these things done from podcasting to the dabs themselves. So that's awesome. Let, <laughs> let's have some fun, man. Absolutely, David. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Cheers, brother. Cheers. All right. David Dab.land, check it out. The Dabberry Pie coming out sometime soon. Just be patient. It'll be well worth it uh, once it's out. Thing is so cool. And uh, you guys can see pictures of it. Uh, I'll post it with this episode. And then there's an article about it too coming out in the Cannabis Journal, cannabisjournal.com. So you guys can check that out, of course. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Hotboxpodcast.com. Check it out. We'll see you next time. If you like you weed, like this weed, is where you, where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be.